Welcome to What's in the Box, a Doctor Who podcast that invites you to discuss your all-time favourite TV stories, audios, books, comics, characters, villains, base commanders, old lady characters, quarries, and any other favourites you may wish to talk about. My name is Jim, and I'll be your host as we delve into the things that make Doctor Who for you. So tonight, I am delighted to welcome my very first guest to What's in the Box. I've known him for a few years now. We've worked together. We bonded over our love of Doctor Who. I am... <laughs> He's laughing at me now. <laughs> we've, we've, we've worked together. We've played together. <laughs> did, did, did we bond? <laughs> I felt pretty, pretty bonded at the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm delighted to welcome uh, Mr. Aaron Best. Hello. Hi, Aaron. How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm very, very well. Thank you very much, James. And yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. It's a Friday night, so, you know, the working week Friday is night. over. The working week is over. I had a excellent trip to Aldi straight after um, work. <laughs> um, bit, of a, bit of an issue. They'd moved the pickled onions, so that was oh, a bit no. of a... <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, was, I, I love pickled onions. Hang on. Wasn't Aldi? Wasn't this the same Aldi that was shut earlier on in the day and there was an ambulance outside? Which Aldi was that? I don't know. One of the Aldis in the town. No, 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 no. I was <laughs> going to say... I, I, when, what, what did you do when you discovered that the pickled onions had been moved that warranted an ambulance to arrive at the supermarket? Yeah, no, not quite. Well, it was close, actually, to be fair. And they'd, yeah. they'd moved a full 360 degrees from where they actually usually were. So I had to look behind me. Um, <laughs> in the end, I did find pickled onions. I bought two jars just in case they disappeared again. Oh, good. Are you eating them now? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, no. I'm, I'm fine. So, yeah, you're my, my you're my first guest on here. So uh, I'm going to ask you a question right now. Um, and I want you to be honest and truthful with me. Have you listened to the first episode? The first episode? Yes. Oh, your episode. My solo episode, yeah. Yes, no, yes, yes. I have listened to bits and pieces, yeah. Is that a I lie? Not all the way through yet. No, it's no, <laughs> I listened to it genuinely. No, no, good. Yeah, well, this is this is this is something that I had an idea of doing, and I'd wanted to uh, do a, a podcast for a while, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do over, you know, over the over the last few years. I suppose I couldn't really kind of settle on a subject, and then I thought, well, hang on a minute, I'm a Doctor Who fan. Why don't I do a Doctor Who podcast? So I think I think I think calling yourself a Doctor Who fan is doing yourself a little bit of an injustice. Um, <laughs> I want to do a podcast. What do I have a thorough encyclopedic knowledge of? Might have been a better, um, yeah, better description so. there, really. I think, yeah, possibly. I think so, yeah, <laughs> I think so. And uh, I mean, the moment I knew you were the one for me, <laughs> we're only friends, by the way. <laughs> um, was uh, was uh, that moment probably during the first week that I met you? We, uh, you happened to make a reference to Robot, the Doctor Who story. Oh, yes, yes, Kettlewell. Yeah, Kettlewell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that yeah. was the mo- that was the moment I knew you were a you were a uh, one of <laughs> one of those. It was fans. Quite, it, it, if if I, if I remember right, it was quite subtle as well, wasn't it? I mean, just just for context, uh, Jim and I used to work together in recruitment, mm-hmm. and we had a gentleman working for us whose surname was Kettlewell, <laughs> and I think he'd, he'd he'd popped into the office to speak to us. As he walked out, I said. Ah, I've destroyed. I've killed the one who created me. <laughs> and I think I think you fell on the floor laughing, didn't you? <laughs> I knew. I knew. I had my back yeah, you to you. That moment. <laughs> I had my back to you, and I turned around in that moment, and I knew you're a Doctor Who fan, <laughs> a, a proper one as well, not one of these fake new ones. <laughs> <laughs> We've been there since 1983. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. And 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 from that point on, we um, I think we bored everybody in our office with our Doctor Who talk from that point on. It was handy because people stopped coming in the office, which sort of like was a self-fulfilling prophecy because the, the late, less, less people came in, the less work we had to do, the exactly. more, yeah, the more Doctor Who chat there was going yeah. on. So, you know. Good times, good times. Yeah, yeah, good times. We've both moved on now, though. So, we, yeah, we, well, there was a, there was that summer where we spent the entire summer building that massive spreadsheet of episode ratings, wasn't there? Yeah, you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I don't think we did anything between like April and July. No, and um, our wages <laughs> clerk soon left after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, she was trapped in the office with us, wasn't she? <laughs> Bloody Harry Potter fan as well, wasn't she? I guess I'll get political too no, soon. No. <laughs> <laughs> She'd make uh, nice cakes, though, if I remember. She did, yeah, yeah. Three years of our life, Jim, and all we've got to say for it is doing a massive Doctor Who spreadsheet and um, some nice cakes that a Harry Potter <laughs> fan used to make us. Yeah, we're kind of in the um, Graham Williams era of the Tom Baker years now, aren't we? Where uh, yeah. it used to be better during the Hinchcliffe years. It's not. <laughs> it it's not bad. It's not bad now, yeah. but it was better. Yeah, <laughs> that's where we are let's, now. Let's get out before JNT takes over. What I want to do is you're kind of like my guinea pig, really, um, for this Thanks. for this series. So we're gonna we're gonna just have kind of a light-hearted chat about about a few of the things that you a few of your favorites a few of the things that you love uh, a few of your opinions it, we're not going to get too serious on anything because what's the point in that you know we we we, we want to make this uh, kind of something that people can enjoy and uh, not have to think too much about really what I wanted to ask you first was how you got into Doctor Who oh right we're going back now so my actual first ever, ever, ever memory um, was of the ticket inspector from The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. I've worked out I must have been, what What year was that? 87, was it? 88. 88. So I would have been three years old. So I'm not sure if it's an actual memory of it live on broadcast mm. or a memory of the Betamax video that we recorded off TV. Yeah. Um, but it's absolutely genuinely... Um, terrified me of buses for the next for the first probably twenty two years of my life. <laughs> you know, it was it, it, it was it was one of those real formative memories that horrified me. I, I was terrified of it. Um, mm. So that was my first sort of memory, and and I grew up in you know the wilderness years. Um, so my, my 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 dad was really into Doctor Who when he was younger. Mm. So my real first insight into Doctor Who and my my entry was really other than some vague memories and some old Betamax videos of Sylvester McCoy, um, was Target books. He he had hundreds and hundreds of, of, of Target oh, I say hundreds, mm. 50 <laughs> Target yeah. books, um, which I've still got, actually, interestingly enough. Um, and I am basically started at one end and, and read through, right through them. Um, wow. Probably, you know, oh, well, we're talking 1990, started reading them probably 1991, um, he had everything from right from the start up, what well, was released from the start up until you know later Tom Baker books, yeah, State of the Cane and that sort of time. And um, you know that was my that was my full you know. So really for me, when I was younger, my my Doctor Who experience was was book books. It's funny saying that actually. Just, just interestingly, um, my only concept of what regeneration was like was I don't know if you remember it, the Planet of the Spiders, the the Target book. Yeah. And on the bottom of it, there was a picture, a very badly drawn picture of John Pertwee. And then the pitched along slowly went into to Tom Baker. Yes. Yeah. 
and that was that was that's what I thought a regeneration was like. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I thought thought they got four heads and yeah, you know. So so it's really interesting to see it through that prism. It is interesting yeah. that there's, there are a lot of people who've, who come to it through through the target books. You know, for me, I mean, I've I, I won't talk too much about myself, but because I, I spoke about myself in my solo uh, episode that I did or solo which, two, which episode. I which I listened to. Yes, uh, there'll be some. There'll be some. There'll be a test at the end of this. <laughs> uh, but I, it, for me, it was. Uh, it was. Um, there was less Target books in my life and more VHS videos because, like you, yeah. my dad was a Doctor Who fan, and um, it, it, growing up as a kid, when the videos were released, he would buy the videos. So I was really lucky that I I got to experience that, and it, it, it's why, as much as a, a certain Doctor is my my Doctor. Most of I grew up with all of them, at least one to seven, you know. So, yeah, it's interesting that a lot of people do come into into the show through the books as well. And look, we did we did have our um, we did start buying the VHSs, um, you know, again, and I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you. So, um, you know, probably 1992, three times we started buying the VHS. And, and again, funnily enough, my dad, massive Patriot fan, Planet the Spiders was the first one he bought. Mm. And I'm also absolutely terrified of spiders. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, my 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 younger Doctor Who experiences were just um <clears throat> pure fear. You know? <laughs> Whether it be buses or ticket collectors or um or spiders. But you yeah, know, and it's funny actually. I remember watching the Planet of the Spiders and thinking, why the fuck does the Brigadier look so young? <laughs> because my only my only idea of the Brigadier was from Battlefield. Yeah, of course. Yeah, which, which I remember as a child. So it was like it was like completely tipsy, topsy turvy for me. Yeah, you know, I was sat there going, "Well, the brigadier's an old guy with you know grey moustache, yeah. and yeah, who's this? Who's this young whippersnapper?" It, it's interesting, you know. You kind of piece together Doctor Who over the years through various different, you know, medium and various different media. Sorry, and uh, you kind of like so you can be what reading a, a Patrick Troughton. A target novel then you can be reading a tom baker comic strip and then you can be watching a sylvester mccoy story and you're kind of jumping all over the place and sometimes i think that's the the better way to go when you're experiencing doctor who i think because I, i've done the marathon before um you know yeah. a couple of times and it's not always easy to, to to watch it all in order because you kind of you know sometimes you get a little bit fed up because you kind of you get to a point especially you know, towards the end of the, the possibly Tom Baker era or or Peter Davison era for me. And I'm like, oh God, I'm ready for a change now. But the way I experienced it as a kid, you kind of, I was jumping all over. Each month there was a different video. There was a different doctor. So it was never the same. It never felt, it never felt dull for me. Uh, I'm going to sound like a real old fart now, but if I was younger and, and started getting into Doctor Who now, I had it all to hand. Mm. Back then, we had to make the most of what we had. Yes. So you know, my you know my dad comes home and you know it was a relatively low income family. So these these Doctor Who videos were a treat. You know, mm -hmm. there's a ten of which in in, in nowadays money is apparently about five thousand pounds. But you know <laughs> these 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 Doctor Who videos and you know they'd come come home with you know the double video of Genesis of the Daleks and the Sontaran experiment. You'd sit there and you'd you'd basically watch the tape until it was dead. Yeah. Um, because that's all you had. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of and and you have to sort of take it sounds thing, but you sort of take pleasure out of everything there, don't you? You, you know? do, and I think that's I think that's why I've got quite a broad taste of Doctor Who. You know, I, I can get something good out of every era, really. You know, yeah, which made it very difficult for me coming on this, James. When you say to me, um, 
<laughs> pick your favorite so i go well they're all my favorites <laughs> yeah that's the problem that's the that's the problem that's why that's why i, I kind of expanded this a little bit to be you know just to recommend one of your favorites or recommend something that you like you know because yeah. it's it's impossible it's like you know i did in part two of mine i i did the i did the um the comics and i just I haven't read enough comics but i could recommend one that i did enjoy as a kid you know so that's what yeah. i did yeah. you know it's it, it so yeah, it's uh, it's very very difficult for you to kind of pick your favorite out of out of everything. And I've also said, you know, if anybody wants to come back on this as well, they they can come back. There's not there's not a limit. You can come back and talk about something totally different if you want. You know, I'd, in I'd the like to, I'd like to come back and talk about all the things I hate. That'd I'd be like an interesting one. And an hour and a half and bitch about everything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting one. That would be an interesting no, one. There is, there, I, I really couldn't probably couldn't find enough that I would hate to be honest with you. But no, but, I mean, I think I think the thing is as well. I've got that foundation understanding of it. I've read the target books, and then I kind of kind of got a frame of reference. So yeah. you'd read something, you'd read something like the Armageddon Factor target book, which sounded mm-hmm. amazing, like these big space battles and yeah. this really amazing, fantastic story. You know, this big space opera, yeah. and and then you'd, you'd you'd watch. I'd watch the VHS when the Keys to Time series came out, and you know, it was it was bland rooms and people spo- speaking to each other and watching things yeah. on TV. Yeah, you know, and I think I think you know it, it, it's quite interesting. I think the only one really that I the target book that I watched that I read that I really, really enjoyed and well not the only one, but one of the ones that really are notable to me. And the episode that really, really was impressed me was um the Moonbase. So the Cybermen as the, the mm. um as the book was called. But the the they're both phenomenal. But then obviously UK Gold came along and that yeah. changed everything. It did. It did. <laughs> it did. So suddenly seeing these uh these stories that weren't available on video you kind of like wow opening opening the world up even more and if, if i recall correctly please correct me if i'm wrong um it started it started from it just ran through didn't it you got a, yeah. a full story every sunday yes you did yeah yeah i believe when they first started in the early 90s they tried to they what they attempted to do was show an episode each night and then the omnibus on sunday but it didn't quite oh. work out that way because yeah. you ended up showing more episodes than what you'd on omnibuses you'd you'd, 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 you had four episodes but five days in a week (laughs) so so you got half the war games the war games omnibus then the other half of the war games yeah (laughs) and spearhead from space omnibus (laughs) so yeah Yeah, it didn't it didn't some planning went into that one though yeah (laughs) i think um so I had, a, I, had a, I had a family friend we've got a family friend i said hi had he's you know he's he's still a very very good friend Mm. um who lived in the next street to us, and he um had he had a Sky Dish. We didn't have Sky. We didn't have. We only had terrestrial TV. Yeah. And what he'd do is he would um set his video recorder to record UK Gold the next morning, and then bring it round on a on a Sunday for me to watch. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. Right. Sundays are like Christmas every week. Yeah. He, and I think you know at the time he was like eighteen, nineteen, maybe early twenties. So obviously he liked to have go out on a Saturday night. And what he'd do, mm-hmm. so he'd, he'd program his video recorder to record. What I'd do, I'd spend my Sundays with two video recorders edit, <laughs> editing out the adverts, you know, and um, sometimes it didn't always go right. So I remember um, Invasion of Time, he 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 actually, the, the video recorder didn't set off on time to record. So I only got from episode five onwards. <laughs> so when I actually watched it, watched it all the way through for the first time, which was years and years later, I thought, who the f*** 
for these glittery black fellas. <laughs> <laughs> completely missed the Vardens out of it. I was just like, this is like a new episode. It's like a completely different story. <laughs> I had assumed that they just missed off a few. It was an omnibus, wasn't it? You didn't know what episode things were. Yeah, and things like that. Yeah. So, so I assumed he just missed the first few minutes, and the Doctor had gone to Gallifrey, and the sort yeah, of Santarans and the Santarans turned up at the yeah. You... But, no, there were some weird Scottish glitter monsters. <laughs> alert! Alert! <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'll be honest with you, though. I think I preferred my old version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's Maybe interesting, it's just like selective editing. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because you can kind of watch like an episode of a Doctor Who, and probably the most watched episodes of the episode ones. Um, and then by the time you get to the end of the story, depending on how long the story is, you can kind of be, you can kind of drift a little bit, and you're not, you're not as as interested in the story. It'd be actually quite interesting to do that and start the story halfway through to see if you you pick up any pick up on anything you've not kind of seen before. They've started doing those like condensed versions of classic stories, haven't they? Have you seen any of them? Uh, Jacob was watching them once um, just to get an idea of them, but he tends to do that anyway. He he jumps through episodes, um, even 45 minute episodes. He jumps, jumps, jumps to the best bit. So disown him. Oh, I already have. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, yes. Absolutely. The, the other day he was, uh, I know it's going a little bit off, off track, but the, the other day he was actually sat watching the stolen earth and he sat and watched it the whole way through and i was like wow this is the first time he's actually sat and watched a a, a doctor who story but he's at that age now he's nearly well be six next month so he's oh, you know he's he, he watched it and he had he had uh, my character options daleks which i <laughs> i said to him oh, daddy got those from bnm they're very expensive please uh <laughs> I, I says you can have one and he says can i have two I says, you can have one. He says, please, can I have two? I says, you can have two. And then he said, can I have three? I went, two and two only. Two out of the uh, 50 boxes you've got stashed in your cupboard <laughs> off going on eBay. Uh, the local w- B&M, six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I know a bloke who can do a good deal for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's these, there's these B&M people walking around, B&M absolutely dripping in diamonds because they're so rich from these. <laughs> These character <laughs> option sales. It's a mad, like, conspiracy. Yeah, mate, I've got some Imperial Daleks for you. Mate, it's round the you've, back. You've got, any, you've, got anything, <laughs> you've got anything for remembrance? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Only Imperials. Go on, I'll, I'll take two Imperials. <laughs> I'll say, I'll, I, won't, I won't tell you it now, but I'll, I'll, I'll one day I'll tell you about the, the, the story of uh, how I nearly disowned my dad uh, because he failed to buy the Davros that was available in BNM. When was this? This is like this, like a couple of years ago. No, this is this was recent. He, he um, he, uh, <laughs> recent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a Genesis of the Dalek set that came out, and I didn't see it. It wasn't there, ah, so right. I bought the Destiny of the Daleks one, and uh, uh, but there was a set with Davros in it as well, and um, I didn't see it, and I just thought it was some some kind of website exclusive. So he, um, he didn't, he didn't mention anything. Until I think it got to Christmas and he says, oh, I saw a Davros in B&M. I said, all right, when, when? And he was like, about three months ago when you got those other Daleks. I was like, okay. I says, did you get it? And he was like, no, I kept telling myself, buy it, buy it, buy it. I says, and how long did that go on for? He says, oh, they were in there for about two weeks. I says, and you didn't buy it? And he's like, no, didn't buy it. Our local B&M seems to be all right, to be fair, about those sort of... I mean, I, yeah. I never buy them. I, I, I always go in to have a look, see what's there, see if anything yeah. tickles my fancy. But yeah. I think the last thing I bought, I bought I bought the giant robot. <laughs> it reminds me of those days, James. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, 
I do. I think it's a it's a nice. It's a very nice. If you know what, if I was going to do a a, 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 a my favorite maybe character options, it's probably the giant robot. It's a nice design in it. Mm, it is. Yeah, it's a really nice design. Very nice. So. I've got a couple of couple of Daleks kicking about, um, uh-huh. and I've got a twelve inch Jody. No. <laughs> I think I've seen your 12-inch journey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so oh, yeah, I've got, I've, I've, but you know, but I, I think our B&M has always been uh, quite relatively um, well stocked. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad, is it? We ha- we've gone kind of on a tangent. Okay, so we now we've found out a little bit about yourself. Uh, we're going to move on to talking about some of the things that you actually like about Doctor Who. So the uh, first thing we're going to do... My, my, my entire life story. <laughs> there's, good. there's nothing else. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it, it o- yeah. occupies your waking moments and your sleeping it, it moments. Ends at, as well. It ends at the invasion of time, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So firstly, um, we're going to go into your favourite or one of your favourite stories. Uh, so you've chosen uh, a new Who story, haven't you? So uh, can you can you tell our dear listeners what that is? Yeah. So this was a difficult one, as I sort of said earlier. I I, I really struggle with finding a favourite era, favourite episode, or anything like that, because you know I I have a genuine genuine appreciation of, of of all of it and 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 every every episode really i can find something to love some i have i like a bit more than others but the one i've that really stuck out um was a bit one that probably i don't think gets enough love and mm. um, it's probably in my favorite newer era era if that makes sense mm-hmm. um not necessarily because of what was going on. I mean, it was absolute quality, but also what was going on at my life in the time. Um, mm. And I have chosen the classic from series six, um, The God Complex. So The God Complex was the 222nd episode of Doctor Who. It starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, Karen Gillan as Amy Pond, and Arthur Darville as Rory Williams. It also starred Sarah Contrell as Lucy Haywood, Amara Karan as Rita, Dimitri Leonidas as Howie Sprague, Daniel Piri as Jobu Cannon, David Williams as Gibbis, Daffod Emir as the PE teacher, Spencer Wilding as the creature, Rashid Karapiet as Rita's father, Caitlin Blackwood as Amelia Pond, and Roger Annals as the gorilla. It was directed by Nick Huron, written by Toby Whithouse, and produced by Marcus Wilson, with executive producers Stephen Moffat, Piers Wenger, and Beth Willis. Music was by Murray Gold, and it was first broadcast on the 17th of September, 2011. It's one of those stories, isn't it, that um, I think it, it gets quite forgotten but it's not i think if you what i think anybody who watches it will always tell you what a good story it is yeah absolutely i think i agree with you and, and do you know what i see a lot of negative comments about it oh really and yeah i do i do i mean i, I go on twitter a lot i see a lot of negative comments about everything yeah um yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know so um someone, someone could always find the negative in there um uh, but for me, I mean, certainly, I think it's 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 a bit of a, a bit of a work of art. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I rewatched it last night um, uh, because uh, shock What's coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought I'd be a recording com- a podcast the next day about the very story? Absolutely brilliant, genius. Yeah, it's uh, I I I chose to I chose to watch that instead of listening to the. 
the Radio 2 60th concert, um, which I'm still halfway through at the moment. So, But I chose the God, God Complex for you. It's so it's it's quite buried in the in a big season six uh, series six arc, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think you know, again, um, I absolutely <clears throat> adore Matt Smith, um, Karen Gillan, and 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 Arthur McDarvel's um era. I love <clears throat> I love I love the two the two series the two and a half series they did together. Yeah, um, I think um, series six probably gets a bit of flack for people saying it has been convoluted i mean i understood it all did you did you understand series six i think sometimes uh, i've always said it what happens is you get swept up um in 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 the moment when you're watching these things and i i do enjoy it um it's not my favorite it's not my favorite era um i don't i didn't have a at the time, I absolutely loved it, and I can go back now and watch some of these, some of those episodes, and and I I absolutely love them. I think I think the problem is sometimes, and I think it's where the God Complex wins, is that sometimes you can't watch these stories without watching them in the middle of the arc. Like you can't watch them yeah. like on their own. You know, there are certain stories. There's God Complex, the the Rebel Flesh, um, those those kind of stories that you can watch on their own. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it is linked in with the with the ongoing arc. You you can also watch um, that one with James Corden in it, but you won't want to. No, I've watched the trailer for that last night after uh, the God <laughs> Complex, and I Clo closing I, time. Or so. I, I I put Neighbours on instead. So <laughs> <laughs> how is the new series of Neighbours? Is it good? Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant! Yeah, 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 great, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. yeah, yeah. We'll do, we'll, we'll do that in the next podcast. Yeah, Neighbours podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll interview you about your favourite things about neighbours. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you genuinely look happy. I do. <laughs> but no, I think I think I think going back to the point, I think the thing about the God complex is you're right, it, it probably does and I think it probably stood out to me at the time because mm. it was this very, very self-contained story. Yeah. It's very different. It feels, it sounds, and it looks very, very different to anything else in that series. Mm. It's it's very unique. And I think um I think it was Nick Nick Haran who directed it. Yes, Nick Haran. Yeah, yeah. He definitely got the Day of the Doctor gig for that one. Oh yeah. I mean, he's. I yeah. mean, you you look at the stories that he's done, and uh, you know, he's done. What did he do? He did Asylum of the Daleks, uh, Angels yeah. Take Manhattan, is, and of course, Day of the Doctor. I think he did a few others as well. Um, he's. Yeah, you can see why he got the 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 Day of the Doctor. It's shot like a very arty horror movie. Yeah. It's it's and 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 the and the parallels obviously are evident to Kubrick with the the Shining set in a mm. hotel and this being said it's it's there's evidently some kind of homage there but it it doesn't ever feel right. Mm. I think you kind of the biggest character in that episode is that it sounds very cliche but the biggest episode in that the character in that episode sorry is the hotel. The way it's shot, the way it sounds. Mm. I mean, I mean, and Murray Gold. You know, we we generally know Murray Gold for these big bombastic. Mm. I am the Doctor. You know, big yeah, fanfares. But that's it's 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 basically music, isn't it? It it's, is it's elevator music. Yeah, and it just is. And I, I'm a massive. I just you know, I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of horror. I mm. love horror. Yeah, I love horror. Every iteration of horror. I love folk horror. You know, I love slashers. But that is is a genuine. It feels like a horror film. 
Yeah, it does. It adds to it because you, you you don't ever. I mean, obviously, there's reasons behind it, but you don't ever see the exterior of the hotel. It's all no. you know. It is all very contained in one place. It does feel very. Uh, it does feel like the, the 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 place is closing in on you a little bit. It feels like somewhere yeah. that you are actually trapped, almost like a nightmare, where you're kind of you, you're not going to get out of this. You know, the, no matter where you go, there's no exit. There's no way out. And no windows. Yeah, it is almost like they've they've landed inside inside a nightmare. And and you know the, the, again going back to uh, the, the direction, the way it's shot. There's a lot of Dutch angles, a lot of real off kilt. Mm. And I'm I, I'm not an expert in film. I'm sure people can explain this a lot better than I can. But every shot or the majority of shots make you feel kind of uneasy. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, and and it, it 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 kind of just it just drips atmosphere, and I think that's what I, you know that's what I really love about it. It's just got so much atmosphere. Mm, yeah, and I think I think as well. I think it's got very strong characters in it as well. Um, at least you know very very defined characters. Um, it's I agree. It's got very very strong characters, and David Williams. Yes. <laughs> can we can we mention David Williams these days, or is he? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think he's halfway out, isn't he? He's, uh, is he, he's is halfway he? towards being cancelled these days. I think. Has he been cancelled? Uh, yeah, I don't you're think gonna have to do some. So you're going to do some pretty good editing on this podcast to make sure I don't get cancelled from the stuff I've been saying. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> some of my controversial views about the invasion of time. <laughs> You'll get the Varden fans coming after you. Oh, no. Varden. Yeah, that was the name's Vardens, not yeah. literary Scottish bastards. Yeah, the Vardens. <laughs> Why haven't we got our Varden character options toys yet in B&M? <laughs> that would be quite a... We should do that. That would be quite a cheap thing to make, wouldn't it? Get some glitter and um, I mean, get a box. I can't believe we're, we're, we're in a world where we can't have a Fugitive Doctor figure, but we can have an Ian Levine as a Time Lord figure. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on Ian no, Levine, no, no, please, because no, no, I will. No. I will get cancelled. No, no. Yeah. yeah, he's done yeah. a lot for the Doctor Who community over the years. He has. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it, though. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. yeah, so the god, yeah, the god complex. Um, so Speaking of Ian Levine, the god complex. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a good segue. Um, <laughs> So, so, so it was written by Toby Whithouse, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who also wrote School Reunion? What else he did he wrote? Write? He's he's absolutely. He's. I, I would say, barring showrunners, he's probably my favourite Doctor Who writer. And I can see your faces lit up. So I'm assuming you're looking at a screen right now. School <laughs> Reunion. He wrote uh, one of the Monk trilogy, the last Monk, Monk trilogy, Lie of the Land. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote School Reunion, yes. the, Vamp- the Vampires of Venice, uh, yes. A Town Called Mercy. Yes. My personal favourite, un- Under the Lake and Before the Flood from Series 10. Absolute and uh, And yeah, The Lie of the Land. And he did Torchwood uh, uh, Greeks Bearing Gifts as well. He was a German in, in the trench in um, Once Upon a Time, wasn't he? Oh, of course he was, yeah. yeah. Him, 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 him and Matt Gatiss shooting mm. each other. Forgot about that, yeah. I think he's a solid writer. I think um, there's some real gems in there. I also think. Have you ever seen? You wrote Being Human as well, didn't you? Yes, I've seen bits of Being Human, but I've never actually finished it. 
Yeah. It's phenomenal. And I stuck ages, because I, like I said, I'm a horror fan. You know, the idea of a, a vampire, a werewolf and a ghost living in a house together sound a bit, you know, Adam's family, a bit twee, a bit, mm. you know, contrived. Yeah. And then I watched it and I thought, this is bloody good. Yeah. And then I think I, I watched every season um, in about a weekend. And it is wow. phenomenal. So I, I absolutely recommend you, you, you go and watch the rest of it. But, I'll add yeah, that to it, the list of recommendations that you keep giving I was, me. Yeah, I was kind of, yeah, yeah. I, anyway, through that, yeah. <laughs> Not yet. I was, when when Stephen Moffat was going, I was like, I would have put money on the fact that he was going to be the next showrunner. Yeah, he's a, he's a solid writer. I mean, you can't, I know the Monk trilogy gets a shade thrown at it, but uh, I, I think they're all good, solid stories. There's nothing, they're all very standalone stories. I mean, obviously, School Reunion's leaning heavily into kind of your, your nostalgia, but a lot of his stories that he writes are very, they're just solid Doctor Who stories, entertaining. But, yeah, it does lean into nostalgia, right? And I think the problem is we see it through a certain frame, don't we? Because we know who Sarah Jane Smith is and things like that. Mm-hmm. My partner, her son, was born... He's, he's 18 now, so he's born in 2005. He grew up with the Sarah Jane Adventures. And he, you know, obviously he's watched these on these these episodes on iPlayer and stuff like that, and he loves School Reunion, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and then he, he, he loves Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. It was very much... Was it a good idea in the first place, or was it just the way they rewrote it and they, they created it, made this new phenomenon? Do you know what I mean? Mm, so yeah. I think we see it's it's difficult for us because we see it through a frame of oh we know Sarah Jane is oh it's it's a nostalgia it's a nostalgia it's a nostalgia but without that nostalgia it still stands up and people still loved it. It does. It's still a solid story. We, but this isn't about school reunion. No, it's not. It's the God Complex, <laughs> <laughs> which is a solid story. Which is a solid story. And i tell you what is, is also solid from The God Complex, and they said School Reunion, is um, yeah. uh, the character of Rita. Canine! <laughs> Canine! Canine! <laughs> Canine just pops up in the story. Yeah. Yeah, Rita, who she clearly wasn't going to be a companion, but she could have been a companion, couldn't she? She could have been. And I think the thing is, she was... Uh, there's always these these characters that pop up in Doctor Who and they go, oh, there should have been a companion, there should have been a mm. companion, there should have been a companion. I think what Toby Whithouse gets is the Doctor-Companion relationship. I yes. mean, the God Complex is about the Doctor-Companion relationship, isn't it? The companion he could have had dies. Yeah. And he realises he has to give away the companion he's got sort of thing. Yeah, I, don't like yeah. that. I, don't, I don't know if I'd like the term companion, the friend he's yeah. got, you know, the, the travelling friend. Yeah. Um, and I think Whithouse gets that very, very good. Well, and I think that's why um, um, School Reunion worked so well and I think that's why, why this works so well as well. Yeah, I think so. And and Doctor Who's got a yeah got a, a, a long line of people who could have been companions. I mean, look at Linda with a Y, you know, yes. Sally Sparrow. Yeah, you know yep. the the. I like it when they kill them. Linda with a Y was a good one as well. Wasn't she? Yeah, that was, it was a good yeah. punch. You know that was that was, well. That's Russell doing what Russell does best, isn't it? Lets you fall in love with the character and then executes them. Yeah, I'm glad he's back though. Are you, are you glad he's back? I am glad that he's back. I mean, I've, you know, I, I will, I will, if you, if you listen to part two, when it gets released, you will hear my thoughts on the Chibnall era, but briefly, it's one of my favourite eras and uh, I will really miss the Jodie Whittaker era, but I am glad that Russell's back. I would like us to, I'm looking forward to the tenant stuff, um, but I'm really looking forward to the shooter Gatwa stuff. You know, yeah. I kind of, it, 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 it's, it, this, this feels like a little bit of a teaser really before we get to the shooty stuff. So that's, uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to at the moment. It's a bit of a hook, isn't it? And to be fair, it's a bloody good hook. You know, I think, I think I'm not wanting to digress from the point of, uh, that much, but, you know, I think it feels like there's been a step change in it all over the past couple of years. And even, you know, last night when suddenly all the BBC 
Twitters have tweeted out the world premiere of the new theme tune. Bloody 60-year-old sci-fi show. Antiques Roadshow don't get that sort of treatment. <laughs> You'll get the Antiques Roadshow fans on to us. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, don't. don't Please don't cancel me, Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> the God Complex, how do you, how do you feel... Did you, at the end of that story, when he, he drops off Amy and Rory, did you feel that was the last time we were going to see them or did you think we'd see them again? I can't remember. I, I, I don't think I did, but that potentially might have been because I'd known that there was still fil- they'd been filming more episodes or something like that, you know? Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. I mean, it doesn't It doesn't stop. It doesn't change the emotional impact of it, I don't think. No, it doesn't, no. You know, it's a, it's an it's an interesting story. Funny enough, going back to your um, first episode, it, it's it's very similar sort of themes to Kirsa of Fenric, isn't it? Yeah. I think um, that idea that the Doctor had to break his companion's faith in him. And I think it makes it very, very... Yeah, it was very... It, yeah, watching it last night, I uh, was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of... Uh, this is kind of familiar, this is, you know. I do yeah. like Fenwick as well. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, I picked that. <laughs> <laughs> That was my first choice, wasn't it? <laughs> it was my first choice. It was your first choice. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It was. It was my. It was always. It was always going to be my top. Just out of curiosity, before we move on to the next section, um, if you were to pick a uh, favorite classic story, what would it be? I mean, I don't. You know, it's it's entirely up to you whether you want to tell me now or further down the line in the future whether you want to come back on and do another podcast if uh, not if it wasn't the curse of fenric basically <laughs> if, if it wasn't the curse of fenric okay yeah, yeah. probably the demons probably the demons yeah that was a close close one for me as well yeah and i think i think the things about the demons there's 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 two elements to this i i'm i said before i'm i'm a massive fan of horror folk horror particularly you know i love that i love that you know ancient gods sort of ancient evil one of my favorite films is the the borderlands Final Prayer, mm. as it's called in America, Quatermass in the Pit. So I love this idea of this ancient alien where, where mythology and, and sci-fi and horror yeah. all sort of mix. So that one of the things there is, is you know, why I love the demon so much. The second is probably a nostalgic thing. So it was it's also my, my father's favourite mm. um, episode. Mm-hmm. And we had it when it got colourised if you remember on VHS yeah. and had the little paint, the little paintbrush on the front of the cover, like, yeah, look what, look what we've done. Something we could have done 10 minutes now on, on, on with AI, you know, yeah. Just painstakingly yeah. painted every frame. Every single Saturday we would go to get a KFC and then we would eat the KFC whilst watching the demons mm-hmm. VHS within about 20 minutes. My dad would be fast asleep. <laughs> but you touched the TV it went straight up <laughs> what are you doing it'd be there flat out snoring you know and and you know if, if you if you turn the volume down if you touched it off it was a wake up so there's kind yeah. of that feeling you know these these rainy Saturdays eating KFC it's it's a it's a great story it is it is a great story and I, I absolutely agree with you it's it's one of those stories that you can kind of I, I can imagine watching it at three in the morning and being, you know, switch all the lights off, get into bed, put the, the demons on three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it, the frame of when it was, when it was, it was 1974, was it three? No, 1971. I think it was 71. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty early. You look at the sort of things that were on TV back in them days, mm. you know, and, and to watch something like that with the, you know, the, the start with the wind and the rain. And, yeah. You know, you know, I, I, I heard once, I don't know if this is true, but maybe you can educate me on this. Was there loads of complaints to the BBC for blowing up a church to make a TV yeah. show? Yeah, there were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, things dear. don't change, do they? <laughs> the best the best part, actually, one of the bit that really sticks out in my memory is um, where the master escapes at the end. By yes. Thro- you've got Sergeant Benton there. He's big, barely, 
macho Sergeant Benton and the master throws a cloak over him and claws him. <laughs> it, it's just the guy's useless. <laughs> It's a great ending as well, isn't it? Look, we've had this major, major issue. We've just blown blown up a Norman church. You know, <laughs> loads, loads of the residents of this village are dead. Let's go for a pint. <laughs> it's perfect. I think it, I think yeah, it's, it's I, I think it's a per- it's a pretty much perfect story. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, it's all sorted out with a pint at the end. Yeah, I don't I don't know what Benson was drinking, but literally he throws a cloak over him and he's flawed. <laughs> Although again, it's 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 you know, and this isn't about the demons, but I'm gonna say it about demons. It's defeated by the power of love, isn't it? Yeah, you know what people, I mean? and, people and... always people always throw shade on Moffat for for that. Yes. You know, as a power of love, happens in the demons. You know, yeah, absolutely, it happens in the demons, and it also happens in closing time. One yes, of these is a does. good story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, your next topic that you wanted to discuss was uh, it, it intrigued me actually because obviously this podcast is is opening up to your favorite anything really you know as I said in the in the starting bit you you can kind of go for your favorite base commander if you wanted to but you have chosen your favorite monster design haven't you yes um but if I'd known I could chosen my favorite base commander first I would have I'd have probably gone for that that guy out of Warriors of the Deep <laughs> oh the Silver Warriors. Fox. I'm, the silver I'm, fox the silver fox i'm 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 uh, i'm more towards the 60s base commanders i like it i like a good angry man <laughs> they were always wear angry men weren't they i I've, I've i've been used to working with too many angry women so yeah i prefer me angry men <laughs> um but yeah and uh okay so um yeah so what was your thoughts of uh, favorite monster design then so it's definitely gotta be glittery vardens no it's not <laughs> You look shocked then. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't, I don't know your, I, I don't know your answer to this one. So for a moment, for a very split second, I thought that's what you'd chosen. <laughs> um, no, my favourite monster design. So I, again, there's a little bit of nostalgia built into this, but again, I, I spoke about remembering um, the great show in the galaxy. The, another thing, one of the other first memories was remembering uh, Ace throwing a um, her rucksack into a Cyberman ship. I remember Silver Nemesis, and I've always had a real, real love for the Cybermen. I think there's an inverse ratio between, I don't know if that's the right term, but the older you get, the older the Cyberman deci- design that you enjoy goes. I would have to agree with that, yeah. When I was younger, you know, older Cybermen looked really naff. Mm-hmm. You know, these great silver... David Banks, excellent. Yeah, you know, wearing the yeah, wearing wearing the cricket gloves. They looked amazing to me. The older I get, I have to say, my favourite monster design out of Doctor Who is the old style Mondasian Cybermen. Absolutely, and I think I think for something that was designed with such restrictions of budget and mm. materials, I don't think it's ever been bettered. I think it's very creepy. I think it says exactly, it demonstrates exactly what the Cybermen are. You know, they've got these surgical cloth around the face. And um, I think there's a really good description in, and you may have to remind me about this, one of the big finishes. It's one with Mary Shelley in it. Is it the Silver oh, Turk? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it says it smells of anesthetic and cabbage soup. Yes. And that really resonated with me. You know, this idea of, obviously, you know, the, the, the sidemen were, were, were written to this context of this um prosthetic hearts and things like that and this idea mm-hmm. of you know spare parts to name another big to name yeah. name another big finish but they they look like they've come out of some horrific surgery they they look like world war one gas mask mm. you know really haunting 
horrific things. And I think Stephen Moffat captured it really, really well. I think they did it really well in World Enough and Time. Uh, oh, that, with that, the, 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 the hospital. Yeah, yeah, that scene. Pain, pain, yeah. pain. It, it's just, it's just, it, it, they got what the Cybermen are. Mm. And I think we lost sight of what the Cybermen are probably very early. Very early. Mm. I think I think Tomb of the Cybermen was pretty good, but I think by the invasion, it was just robot foot soldiers, wasn't it? Definitely. I mean, I think there's there's something about the moon base which I really enjoy. I think I, I think for me, the Cybermen have always been these kind of silent silent killers rather than big armies that stomp around. And uh, yeah. as much as I, you know, I love I love David Banks's Cyber Leader. Uh, and and I, I I like that era of Cybermen, but going back to those originals, there's something different about them as well. They're not they're not necessarily the kind of evil you will be like us kind of force. They are basically they're they're saying, come on, you come to our planet, you just be like us. You know, we 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 need to. They think they're they're rescuing people. They're not doing the the Star Trek Borg thing of you will be like yeah. us. They're they're yeah. they're taking people away to because they feel like that's the only thing that they can do. You know, we're going to take your power and we're going to, we're going to turn you into, into us. And you know, they, they want to help people. They don't want to kill them. They want to, they, they, they truly believe that becoming a Cyberman is the best thing to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a, a real, you know, you say about these, these baddies in, in, in TV shows and things like that. What's their motivation. That's a real strong and, and it's a really creepy motivation. Hmm. Like I say, you know, Stephen Moffat captured it incredibly well. Um, spare parts, the big finish as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it 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 captured that incredibly well as well. Mm. And I think, um, but you know, again, um, Tenth Planet was something I read first as a Target book, and in in mm. that was a great job of um, of projecting that that, that yeah. idea. And they've got names scary. as well. They've got the the yes. Cybermen have names as well, which is yeah, something they, that well, they would, they would wouldn't they? They would have names. And I remember Russell T. Davis, you know, the, when, when the Cybermen came back and I was ever so excited. And, you know, mm. you saw those first publicity shots of him and I thought, yeah, oh, they look great. And and, I, and I, I I appreciate what he tried to do. He tried to update them, you know. It's not about prosthetic hearts and prosthetic limbs anymore. No. It's about digital downloads. And and it's funny, actually, you watch um, Age of Steel now and, and people do wear, I'm wearing those things in my ears right now. You are, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah, you know, I can get, I can get news and jokes for the day on, on, on them, you know, when I want. <laughs> Um, but and so you know, it, it's great. It's it, it, it it's it's he's he's taken that idea, he's updated it, and he's made yeah. it relevant. It, yeah, he's taken it, the fear it, of of you know during in the sixties, it was you know the fear of replacing your body parts with yeah. with artificial limbs. And in in, in, in two thousand and six, he's taken that the 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 fear of technology um, yes. and how that can take over your life. And I absolutely appreciate what he did with it. I think it's great. It just doesn't creep me out like that smell no. of cabbage and anesthetic mm. and, and all, cloth faces and all you've got to see is you know yeah the shots of the cloth faces with the eyes looking out from them yeah. and the the human hands and these yeah. silent figures stalking through the snow and yeah. you know it's it's yeah it's it's uh it's a terrifying it's a terrifying design and i think i think you know the the the, the limitations of of the design of, of of what they were able to do back then as well, I think it kind of adds to it. Like you said earlier on, you know, they they they're very they're cobbled together, and that works yeah. in their favour. I think absolutely, it definitely works in their favour. 
yeah, I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely agree. With I, that. I, I was the listening same. to, um, I was listening to another podcast uh, the other week. Um, it was, uh, oh, I'll, I'll mention him because I've been on his podcast a few times. It was, it was Joe's uh, Joe Ford's Doc Oho podcast, which he did with Dylan, and they mentioned that the the, the kind of the face of the the Cyberman when they speak, the opening of the mouths is, it's like the um, the scream painting, you know, that kind oh, yeah. of that kind so, of yeah it's it's a very it's a very scary thing that they they don't talk they open their mouths and this voice comes out of them the sing-song childlike kind of voice and it is it's, it's a great voice in the in the first in, the, in that first area in that sense, mm. right? it, yeah and again i think they kind of lose that as time goes on we all love david banks yeah we do we all yeah. love that i mean yeah he's, he's not a great he's not a great writer if you if you're though you know he's um, new adventures uh, I have Iceberg, but I've never, yes. I've never read it. Uh, but he did do yeah. that. I don't know why I'm looking behind me because it's somewhere in this room. Um, he did do the um, that Cyberman book in the eighties. Oh, uh, which I love that. Really good. I went to a sci-fi fair in about nineteen ninety-six or seven, and and I bought a copy of that and I read it through and through. I broke the spine of it. I read it so much. Mm. It's a really, really good book, isn't it? Yeah, it's really I, good. Yeah, Iceberg isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll skip it whenever I get round to my new adventures uh, marathon. Going back to great monster designs, I just wanted to mention the God Complex monster. Which uh, do we ever find out its name? No, he's 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 been going on so long that he's forgotten his own name, and he just acts on instinct. Uh, he's related to the Naimon, though, isn't he? Yeah, he, he looks very Naimon-y. Yeah, Naimon-y. Slightly, slightly, slightly better budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's it for part one of my chat with Aaron. Next week, we'll be delving further into the things that make Doctor Who for him. Whatever you're doing, enjoy, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>